and welcome to episode 24 of Sequel Pitch, the podcast where three film fanatic friends pitch their boldest and best sequel ideas to the host. I'm your host this week, Matt Rushton, and with me, as ever, he'll get five fouls for personal contact and not take you out for dinner first. It's Ross Harmston. Yes, hello there. <laughs> he'll hang off the rim for longer than he should to showboat and not share you his magic juice. It's Andy Henry. Oh yeah, man, oh man, magic juice. Hello. Hello, everyone. And finally, he'll whisper your mum jokes <laughs> into your ear whilst you're guarding him and dunk on you just for kicks. It's Drew Toynbee. Hello there. So if you're thinking, what the hell is Matt on about? It's probably normal by now, but these are, of course, all basketball references as we bring to you the 1996 cult classic, Michael Ooh. Jordan starring Space Jam. For those of you who haven't watched the movie before, you could, of course, just pause this now and watch it, or I'll treat you to our 60-ish second synopsis. Starting now. Loosely based on Michael Jordan's actual life story, Michael retires from basketball to pursue a career in baseball. That's where the real life ends. Meanwhile, on Moron Mountain, evil alien Swackhammer wants his new attraction. Something more loony. So off to Looney Tunes land they go with his five hench aliens to kidnap the Looney Tunes. Bugs decides it's worth a deal. If the aliens beat them at something, they'll all go. These aliens being tiny, they challenge them to a basketball game. However, the aliens are smart and capture the talent of five of the NBA's best players. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Tyrone Muggsy Bogue, Larry Johnson and Sean Bradley. All played by their actual real-life selves. This makes the aliens huge and amazing basketballers. Looney Tunes end up stealing Michael Jordan, sucking him through a golfing hole to help them, leaving a very confused Wayne Knight and Bill Murray on the course. The movie then essentially revolves around a four-quarter game of basketball, where the monsters, as they call themselves, dominate to begin with before Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes. They take some of Michael Jordan's magic juice, which is actually just water. They don't know it though, and they get right back in the game. Then it's halftime. Swackhammer gives them a compelling halftime team talk to the Monsters. They start beating up the Looney Tunes, but don't take advantage of this, and they only hold a slender lead. Michael Jordan is, of course, baffled by all the crazy things that he's been seeing, and Bugs basically tells him he can do whatever he wants to, anything's possible. Proceed to Michael Jordan, stretching his arm the length of the court just as the clock ticks down to score the winning dunk. The Looney Tunes are free, and the Monsters are sick of Swackhammer, so send him to the moon in a spaceship. They give the talent back to the NBA stars and they stay on Looney Tunes land or whatever it's called. Michael heads back in a cartoon spaceship just in time for a baseball match and then the closing montage is of him going back to play for the Chicago Bulls. Another of Michael Jordan's actual real-life sports career moments. <laughs> the end. So there you well go. Done. What do you think, gents? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a movie. It's fine if you're six. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I love the beginning of the movie is literally like, Dad, I want to grow up to be a bas basketball player, then a baseball player, and I want to outline everything I did in my adult career. It's like, well, I'm sure that didn't happen, but okay. <laughs> I I didn't love that, that that's scored. Obviously, the movie couldn't help this at the time, oh, yeah. but it doesn't help set the tone for the movie to have it <laughs> open to the dulcet tones of convicted sex offender R. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> God, is I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna say that that 
put me off the whole film, but it may well not have helped my disposition towards this this shameless marketing ploy. So we we have a WhatsApp group and we were talking about uh, the film and Drew was biting at the what would you call it biting at the Champ- champ- champing at, at the, the bit, bit uh, to to say about why he hates this movie. Please go ahead. You'd already touched on the marketing, shameless marketing. Talk us through a couple of those moments. <laughs> that is basically it. Like this movie. We've all seen Shrek. We've all seen Disney movies and Pixar movies, which work really well for kids and adults. It is, it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not saying I could do it, but it is entirely possible. This film has no moral. It has no meaning. It has no purpose other than to sell Happy Meals and make the children of 1996 realise that the Looney Tunes were a thing that existed and please like them. (laughs) And that is all this film has to say. I really do. I do like cgi or the 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 special effects in this movie that was that was like at the time as well at the time definitely now you can really tell like the lighting difference between like michael jordan and also like bugs bunny it's he's got like a a theory or like glow around him sometimes it's it's perhaps even more impressive now knowing that for i'm sure the most part most of that had to be done by hand yeah that must have been painstakingly difficult and i have a lot of respect for that and turning him into a little basketball as well, you know, there's some little, you know, Michael Jordan <laughs> yeah. to squeeze in it. Yeah, that's why I was like, he waits, he comes to the conclusion that he can be a tune at the end when he's like, oh, I can stretch my arm. But he's been turned into like a basketball. Yeah, but yeah, he's exactly. fine. And then just one of those. Also, the performance of Michael Jordan, like. To be honest, I, I, it wasn't as bad as I thought, though. Yeah, I remember yeah. it being truly awful. I remember it being truly awful, but I was like, actually, it's just awful. It, he just feels like he just came. Like, had a coffee in the morning, just turned up, did a couple of lines. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Uh, and, like, it was just all just yeah, phoned in. Even Bill Murray didn't feel like he wanted to be there. And it's Bill Murray, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Like, and it's very short. It was an hour and a half. I was like, oh, okay. That's yeah, it. and a lot of that is credits as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the beginning yes, yeah. and the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There you go. At least, you know, if this doesn't get a recommendation or if it does get a recommendation, it won't take up all of your evening watching it. No, this is true. What about what about the five NBA stars all losing their powers? I mean, there was some pretty Oscar worthy performance there, wasn't there? Some some of that's entertaining. (laughs) But again, like, okay, hang on. Wait. But so the Monstars individually like go inside them to steal their talent. But then Mm. it just gets given back through the conduit of one basketball. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like. There's no, there's not even any narrative cohesion. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know what more there is to really talk about this movie. You know, <laughs> okay, let's look at it from an objective point of view. If it was, if the first movie was to be brought out today, what would we want differently? Um, uh, well, yeah, a, you want a moral. The, a yeah, message. you want the main. You want like Michael Jordan to go through something at least to something small with anything. Yeah, to, to go through something other than, oh, yeah, I'm not quite out. as good at baseball as I was at basketball. <laughs> yeah. I'll go and do that again. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, that doesn't really give you too many messages, does it? No. Um, mm. But, it, so obviously I'm aware that we're about to talk sequels. So with that in mind, don't necessarily say too much. But what, what kind of journey could Michael have gone on in this first movie, do you think? 
Or perhaps it's not Michael Jordan that goes on this journey. What could some of the other characters have gone on? What could we have seen more of? I don't think you can make a Looney Tune go on a... Uh... On an emotional journey. I think Michael, well, I think Michael Jordan, could. go easy. Yeah, For I me, go could. easy. Michael Jordan does have him like a not that attentive father, basically. And the Looney Tunes help him bring out the love of his children or something. Something simple. You don't need a lot. Because yeah. the main focus is the Looney Tunes. That's what I think the, lo- the Looney Tunes, so. it, I think Michael Jordan is... It, the moral could be you're trying to get all these guys to work together who are villains and heroes. Like, you know, there's Wiley Coyote, there's... Um, you know, all the other ones, and they're against each other. In the Looney Tunes, they don't like each other. So mm-hmm. I think they could have done a little bit more on that, you know, bi- building a team together and, like, Michael Jordan sort of, like, using his experience of basketball. Although he was a massive uh, he was a massive one-star guy. He was always, like, everyone was always, like, pass it to Michael, pass it to Michael, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that was it. So I don't know, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a quite hard one to do nowadays. Yeah, Drew, any thoughts? It, I personally, yeah, just give, just give. It's it's difficult because, like, actually, if I had full control over it, and and making a profit wasn't any sort of prerogative, then actually Michael Jordan would be the supporting character, and the Toons would still be the main characters. Mm. Michael Mm. Jordan would be like almost a Family Guy running joke that they kidnapped him and he kept showing up. But because he was the biggest, like one of the biggest stars on the planet in any sphere at the time, he was obviously the central character, which made no freaking sense. Um, but I, my goal with it, with the original, would have been to make it way more subversive. Like I would have wanted way more fourth wall breaks, talking to the adults about, hey, remember us? We're relevant again, and <laughs> anything like that. And and the film for me was just dreadfully lacking in in self awareness. Like if if it's a shameless marketing ploy, have more than one joke <laughs> that points that out. But there we go. Fair. We've got we've got the original that we had, and we've all done our sequels <laughs> according there is to that. One coming out very soon, so even if none of our sequels took your fancy, perhaps the new one does. Who knows? Perhaps not after you've heard us talk about the first one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get to our scores, I mean, no, let's do it before we get to our scores. Is there any redeeming feature for this movie for any of you? Uh, like I said, I think the um, the, the computer generated stuff and the visual effects are, are of their time and 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 groundbreaking in that sense yeah. of that time period. Uh, so that and also seeing the Looney Tunes on the big screen, I guess as well. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's some. There is definitely something to be said for that. Like I grew up watching VHSs of Roadrunner at my nana and grandpa's house like there's there is some joy in seeing those characters who have faded into obscurity who were so big for for our parents and had such a massive impact on culture and it's weird to think that by 1996 they were becoming irrelevant already and they've just continued to disappear more and more i think it has it has value as a curio as a look what was going on in 1996 what <laughs> kind of thing but as as a 
as a piece of art in its own right, I I I don't know that I don't think it has much to it. Cool, Andy. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, come on, you gotta agree with both of them. What they what they did at the <laughs> time was great. I enjoyed it. It's not it's not great. It's got nothing to attach it. You know, nothing to attach to as an audience member. You're just like basically waiting for the credits, waiting for the end uh, game. But I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I remember like proper even as a kid, kind of going, "What's Michael Jordan doing?" Like, what? but loving the Looney yeah. Tunes, and um, <laughs> it could have been a bit loonier. I think if anything, you take uh, you take the basketball out, you take out more Michael Jordan. But I think but the actual basketball hinders them a little bit because it doesn't not, like just allow them to be as loony as they could, mm-hmm. I guess. And I, I different setting or a different sports <sighs> or something. I think, but um, yeah, they did fine. I enjoyed it. I might, well, I might actually watch this again sometime in the near future. Wow. So here's yeah. the deal. Space Jam for me has a bit more of a personal attachment, I think, because my dad was a big basketballer. He, you know, when I'm the smallest male in my house, you can understand that basketball <laughs> was quite prevalent <laughs> in my family. Um, so, you know, my dad was a big basketball and my brother, whilst not getting into it till later in life, certainly loved basketball from a young age. So we actually watched Space Jam a few times and it was in the VHS collection that would get put on. So there was a nostalgia for me watching it. However, as we've talked about, <laughs> suddenly watching it as a 31-year-old film enthusiast actor, you, you're watching it through a very, very different lens. And, <laughs> you know, it... Yeah, it will always have a place in my heart, but I think that place has kind of been put on one of the top shelves now that's going to get dusty, Mm. and it can maybe just sit there and collect dust. But yeah, there you go, everybody. You've heard our thoughts and our review on Space Jam. The final thing to do, of course, is to get our scores. So, chaps, I'm going to fire it over to you. Andy, I see you first. What are we giving this one out of five, sir? It's a bit hard, because I did genuinely laugh quite a lot at this movie like when sylvester when they're all trying to come up with a plan and sylvester comes up with a plan but it's just to get tweety like and actually like that was really funny when he when daffy passed the uh, the ball to granny he was on the sub bench and then all the monsters like jumped on her and he was like what she was open so i like i lulled a lot more than i thought in this movie um so oh i don't know if i could proper give it a recommendation so i'm gonna give a 2.75 uh, squished little mice because that made me laugh as well when he came in and he was all sweet and happy and you're just waiting for the basketball to just you know <laughs> smash down on this poor little mouse so 2.75 there we go Ross what's your score um, I'm gonna give it um, hmm, I'm gonna give it two sexy Lola bunnies out of five. Oh, yeah. Hey, well, we didn't don't... talk about Lola, did we? we yeah. Hey, for the after chat, are we? Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> hey. I don't know but... if we want to open All that the... up. <laughs> the oversexualization of a cartoon. <laughs> Drew? Um, I, I'm going to follow on with Ross. It's. Um, it, I, I, I couldn't recommend. I, the, only, the only people that I would actually wholeheartedly if anyone was like hey can you recommend a film for a six-year-old i would say yeah why not throw on space jam but for anyone older than six i couldn't guarantee that they would find much to enjoy so i'm going with um two t- 
two just shameless shame on Warner Brothers <laughs> out of five. Yeah, shame on <laughs> you. Two shakes of the head. Shame. Just, uh, shame. 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 <laughs> Ring the bells. Ring yeah. the bell down the street. Okay. Um, <laughs> as I've said, this film sits a little bit more personally to my heart. So I am going to perhaps be a little more uh, forgiving of my score. There's no wrong answers. I'm, no wrong scores. They, they, as Drew said, there is an audience you could perhaps recommend this to. Uh, six-year-olds and under, absolutely. It's colourful. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's also, I think, a generation in our parents' generation that would still watch this with fondness. Um, you know, especially if they're that generation and love basketball or and love the NBA. So, you know, I, me... I guess. (laughs) So I'm going to give it three out of five. I'm going to give it three squirts of Michael Jordan's magic juice out of five. (laughs) All over the bike. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So there you go. That probably sums up how we feel about this movie. Has anyone been keeping the scores on the doors? I have. um, And... It has come out at 2.44 out of 5. So coming in just below Venom. And uh, so it's come in third, just below Venom and significantly above Suicide Squad. (laughs) Ah, there you go. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And we have now discussed the movie, scored it and reviewed it. And we've now all sat here and watched and enjoyed the halftime show of Andy talking about Michael Jordan's magic juice and Lolo Bunny's face again. So we're moving uh, swiftly on. on. Now, I? Swiftly, <laughs> swiftly on. It's the crunch time, chaps. We're in the second half. It's time to get your sequels pitched. So if anyone joining us for the first time, welcome. Here's how this works. You'll each pitch to me your sequel ideas and I'll have a question for you at the end to answer. Then I'll need time to make my decision, giving you all a chance to discuss calmly and with decorum why yours is the best pitch. Uh, Note to listeners, the discussion is probably not going to be calm or with decorum. So, first of all, my question to you this week, gentlemen, be prepared, is what is your main message to young people watching your sequel? Think about that. Okay, so the person who is last to upload their pitch is therefore going to be the first to pitch. That means, Ross Holmston, what is your title and do you have a one-liner? My title is called Space Jam Second Quarter. And my one line is, Michael Jordan and his now old family have to work together with the Looney Tunes to stop an old foe from taking all the talent out of the world. Ooh, excellent. Take it away, sir. The film opens and we see Marco Jordan, now much older, shooting hoops at his home. Uh, he misses one and then we hear a voice say, Getting rusty, old man. We see Michael B. Jordan. It's established that he's Michael's son, Eric. We then hear a female voice say, Dad, Mom said food's ready. It's his daughter, Jasmine, played by Zazie Beats. Uh, we establish that both kids although started playing basketball never followed in their father's footsteps they go in for dinner eric has a moment and scores a three-pointer the camera pans out and a much 
like the first one, follows the planets till it reaches an alien planet. We go through it and see statues and effigies of a familiar bad guy. It's Mr. Swackbottom. Oh, shit, he's back. Uh, we see huge factory <laughs> with uh, the face of Swackbottom on it. Uh, sorry, we pan it. What is his name? Hammer. No, nah, I'm going to call him Swackbottom, all right? Okay. Uh, Mr. Smackbottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Swackhammer. Uh, we pan into an office and we see Swackhammer sitting in a chair. Um, his office is littered with pictures of Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. A little alien creature called a dweeble comes in and we establish that Swackhammer landed here and built a business in mining the planet of its rich crystal. And he wants revenge on Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes once and for all oh no Swackhammer says are they uh are they ready and the dweeble says yes sir the camera pans out and we see a huge fleet of alien ships we then establish that the dweebles through a hilarious scene in a science lab that they have found a way to suck the talent out of every one on the entire planet and that when all the people are talentless, Mr. Swackhammer will use the entire planet as a sort of docile human zoo. Oh, cute cut back to Michael Jordan and his family watching some Looney Tunes. There is a funny scene in which Bugs Bunny is doing something funny to Elmer Fudd with a basketball, and he sort of winks at the camera. Jordan laughs. Um, maybe there is time to insert some family drama shit and tension with Jordan being sad that his kids didn't follow him in his footsteps or something. Anyway, Swackhammer and the Dweebles arrive at Earth where, with their fleet, they hover above loads of major cities. Jordan sees this on the news and then is beamed up aboard Swackhammer's mothership. Cue bad guy speech saying he's going to finally get his revenge, uh, but because it's Looney Tunes, the power take uh, because it's Looney Tunes and you know it's a cartoon world. Um, it takes ages to power up this machine to suck all the power out because you know. It's it's otherwise, you know, it's shut up. Uh, then Eric and Jasmine find their dads missing and we see the pandemonium the dweebles are causing and they decide to go get the Looney Tunes, but they have to go to Bill Murray, who knows the only way in because for some reason he found the way in uh, into the fucking basketball court. Uh, so cue some hilarious scene with him. They go to the Looney Tunes land, try and get them to help. Cue uh, two having to do some wacky things to convince them. Anyway, they convince them to fight the dweebles. They come out of the Looney Tunes land and fight the dweebles, cue a 10-minute action scene, which ends with them all getting on board the mothership and having a face-off with Swackhammer. He challenged them to one more basketball game, but, uh, but this time he's using Michael Jordan, who's been mind-controlled. Oh, shit! Uh, and some beefed-up dweebles as well. Um, so the Looney Tunes and the new kids, as in his uh, daughter and son, Michael B. Jordan and uh, Sazzy, uh, have to... Play against them. Spoiler: They win. And Michael Jordan has a moment where he snaps out and he sees his kids and is proud. The Jordan, uh, the Jordan family do a Jeff Winger speech to the Dweebles, saying they are better off without Swackhammer. So instead of firing into the rocket, they get a giant pencil and rub him out. The Dweebles leave. End of the film. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ross. So, yeah, my question to you, sir. What is your main message to young people that are watching this movie? 
uh, you know, you know, you don't always have to follow in your father's footsteps. You know, you can just do you. You can uh, be whoever you want to be. And I think Michael Jordan realizes that at the end. You know, he sees that even though they are playing basketball, you know, they they they, they, they that's not what they wanted to do. But he's happy that. You know they're happy, and also it's just about stuff and and aliens and things, and yeah. Amazing! Thank you very much. You're welcome, mate. Right. <laughs> uh, so we take that one and we move on over to our second picture of this evening. Uh, Andy Henry, sir, what is your movie title, and do you have a one-liner? I do. Mine is called Space Jam Two: Lay After Smackdown. Okay. And my one-ish. Liner is Porky Pig's evil twin cousin breaks out of jail and threatens to take over the Looney Tunes. Bugs and the gang need the help, uh, need to help fight these villains. Help from a man who uh, needs to take life a little less seriously, The Rock. <laughs> okay, well there you go, folks. Get ready for it. Uh, Andy, take it away. Okay, so we open in a maximum security jail on top of a mountain, hidden behind clouds on the planet Prisonland. Porky Pig is es- escorted uh, to visit his twin cousin Mince McHam, who was in jail for homicide. Mince is a gruffled, mean version of Porky, voiced by Jason Statham. And as Porky leaves, he becomes jealous of the life his cousin has and turns to his gang, either all large pigs or different animals, uh, and says he deserves that life and he will take it. In the real world... Sorry, pressed the wrong button. Everything's gone mental. In the real world, we meet The Rock waking up on the day of his wedding. He's excited about. He's excited as an, and is accompanied by his funny best man, probably Kevin Hart. The Rock says in 10 hours' time, he'll be a married man. And we see that he's not the fun-loving guy he once was. After leaving the wrestling game he's turning, he, and turning his eye to business, he be, he's become a lot more serious, a.k.a. boring. Back in Looney Land, and we're in the middle of a classic Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon as Roadrunner outwits another plant and tries to run away, but he runs into a large pig goon. Mince enters and has a bad guy monologue about how he broke out of jail and tells them to send a message to the other toons. He and the goons start to beat them up, but Roadrunner manages to get out and run away. In a classic Bugs cartoon, Bugs is surprised when he sees Roadrunner enter and start to meep. Wiley enters, beaten up with a message pinned to his bum. Bugs reads the message and decides to call a toon meeting. At the meeting, Bugs tells everyone that Porky's cousin has challenged them to a fight and the losers have to leave Looney Tunes forever. Everyone is scared as the goons are huge and already established fighters. Bugs says all they need is someone who is huge and can help them fight. Back with the rock, he's freaking out because he can't find his tie. As Kevin starts looking for the tie, he tells the rock he's always freaking about the, li- uh, fr- freaking about the little things and he turns on the Looney Tunes so the rock can calm down. The rock says he used to watch cartoons but doesn't anymore. He's an adult. But when he looks at the TV, he's surprised to see all the tunes looking at him. Bugs says he has an idea and reaches his hand out of the TV, grabs the rock and pulls him in. Kevin turns around to see the rock is gone, and we have more hilarious Kevin Hart improv trying to find him. Mm-hmm. Bugs asks uh, the rock for the help, and we get uh, he gets him up to speed. The rock says he can't. We go back and forth. We have that normal little bit until two goons turn up with a beaten up Sylvester. The rock says Sylvester was his favorite character as a kid, and he agrees to help. He stands up to the goons and says this will fight will be a wrestling match, and he hits one of the goons into a tree. The other goon looks worried and runs back to Mince. The toons celebrate, but the rock says they have a lot of work to do, and they head off to the gym. We have funny scenes where The Rock is teaching them to wrestle and each character tackling different areas of the gym, resulting in hilarious consequences. The Rock says he's in more trouble than he thought and he tells the Toons to take this more seriously. The Toons say being serious never helped before and he should start to take and he should start to think like a Toon. Back with Mince, the goons return and tell him about The Rock and he starts to get worried uh, and sneaks into the Toons training gym where he finds Porky Pig in the, locky, lock, in the locker room. 
He tells Porky they shouldn't fight and they should be friends, but he then ties Talkie, uh, Porky up and hides him in a locker. Mince puts on Porky's outfit as The Rock enters and asks Porky if he's ready for the fight. Porky says yes, and as The Rock leaves, he rubs his hooves together menacingly. Uh, the Rock says there will be five matches throughout the night, four singles and a five-on-five elimination tag match to finish. The team with the most wins take the title. Cut back to the real world, and we have a funny scene where everyone is freaking out at Kevin Hart for losing The Rock. He tries to come up with excuses, which end up being more hilarious Kevin Hart improv. The first match begins, and the, ma- uh, the matches have big, over-the-top entrances and can be violent as hell because it's fine, because it's Looney Tunes. So someone doesn't just get power th- powerbombed through a table, but they go through the ring and the floor. Uh, the score is tied with the, twos, t- with the Toons winning two matches and the Goons winning two. Near the end of the tag match, it's Bugs, The Rock, and Porky, who is really mince, versus one Goon. Bugs says he does, he, uh, Bug does his finishing move on the Goon and goes to pin him, but suddenly Porky enters and hits Bugs with a chair. The crowd is speechless. The Rock is shocked. Porky puts the Goon on top of Bugs and Bugs is counted out. Mince then takes off his disguise and joins the Goon's team, so now it's The Rock against two Goons. The Rock looks like he's going to get overpowered and lose, but then he looks to Bugs and remembers what he said earlier, uh, and we hear a whisper of, you need to think more like a tune, and we pull out to see Bugs actually just whispering it in his ear. The Rock breaks free and starts acting like a tune in, uh, in order to win, like Michael, Bo- uh, Michael Jordan the first, he can stretch and contort his body and pull random, thing, uh, pull random um, objects uh, out of the air, basically. He wins the match and the Rocks and the tunes start to celebrate, but Mintz tries to attack The Rock, uh, who, pin- who punches him to Bugs, who punches him to Daffy, and so on and so on, till everyone has a final hit, and then The Rock punches him through the ceiling uh, into the sky and out back into space. We have a nice wrap-up where obviously Porky's found and the Toons thank the Rock and the Rock says he's missed. He's missed. Uh, the Rock says he's missed them. Bugs says he needs to get him home, so he punches the Rock back through the TV and onto the sofa. As he does, Kevin Hart enters and asks the Rock where he's been. And the Rock has a small speech where he says he hasn't been here for a while because he's got lost in the business world, but he's back now. He gets married and we have a happy ending. On the honeymoon, he and his wife are eating breakfast and watching Looney Tunes. And then there's a mid-credit scene where we see Mince flying through the air, thinking he's safe, but he falls through the prison. Uh, the prison roof, uh, back into the handcuffs uh, that he broke out of. The guards stop looking for him and laugh. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, my question. What is your main message to the young people watching this? Um, going, growing up doesn't mean you have to be boring, in, in commas, inverted commas. doesn't mean you, know, you don't have to take life too seriously. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, great. If you, if you think, think more like a tune, and you can... You can get through some problems awesome thank you right we've fired through two we have one more sequel pitch left to hear drew tonebe it's over to you cool beans mine is space jam 2 rematch 25 years after michael jordan helped the toons defeat mr Swackhammer or smacked bottom <laughs> he's back to finish the job that he started amazing stuff all right take it away Okay, so the movie opens with the Toons enjoying their lives. Lots of meta jokes about how they sure have a lot more time in their hands to do whatever they want now that they're not culturally relevant anymore. Um, Then out of the sky, a shadow. The Toons look up, holding each other close, looking scared. The shadow resolves into a spaceship. Stepping out of it is Danny DeVito's Swack Hammer with a team of tall, menacing-looking baddies behind him. The Monstars 2.0. He smiles an evil smile. We cut to titles. Space Jam 2 Rematch. Michael Jordan is, rejoin- is enjoying retirement um, when he's once again pulled down into Toon World. Cue multiple jokes of, oh no, not again, bugs mugging for the camera, all of that kind of good stuff. Um, 
it is explained to Michael that Mr. Swackhammer checked the rules of the game of basketball after the last loss and found that whilst his Monstars broke lots of rules by brutalising the Toons, the Toons also broke rules by sort of putting bombs, bringing skunks onto the court, all of that kind of stuff. So Swackhammer spent 25 years training new Monstars from the ground up to destroy the Toons in a rematch with no cheating allowed. From this point on, it's kind of a standard sports movie with the Toons centre stage being Toons. Michael's acting as their coach. He can't play anymore. He spends lots of time training them, coaching them on their various insecurities, helping them to improve, helping them to try and work together. All the usual pratfalls, but mutinies and, and they're upset that they're being trained too hard. They want to cheat. They want to use their wackiness. They want to try and work out how to use their gags and Michael has to shout them down because they won't listen to him. Um, they start getting more frustrated um, and they and they kind of have a go at Michael for never coming back to see them in Toontown. And Michael's likewise angry that they kidnapped him again. Um, meanwhile, Swackhammer's team are training in like the, the complex next door and they're antagonistic to the Toons sort of at every turn. But they see that even though Michael and the Toons are fighting, they can see that Michael cares for them and he wants to help them win, even when they're angry. Um, although where their experience is Swackhammer brutalizing them into training harder and they keep seeing the Toons all caring for each other. Then the game arrives, Michael and the Toons play really hard, the game starts off in favour of the Monstars, um, but the Toons kind of finally accept that Michael has been doing his best for them. They start really pulling together, working as a team, listening to his instructions, playing to their strengths like he'd been trying to get them to. They begin to catch up, but it's not quite enough. Michael calls a timeout in the final quarter and gives them a really rousing speech, and he apologises for not coming back to see them. He tells them that he's proud of them. Whatever happens, even if he has to go to Moron Mountain forever and fulfil the deal from the first movie, he's proud of how well they all played. The Monstars hear this, they go to take their final free throw, but rather than taking the shot, they drop their hands, they drop the ball, and they let the Toons score loads of points while Swackhammer's on the sidelines furious. They want the Toons to win because they saw how different Michael was from Swackhammer. Everyone celebrates, they learn an important lesson about friendship. The Toons volunteer to help Swackhammer revamp Moron Mountain into Toonland. He becomes much happier, he walks around as one of the mascots loads of the time. And we end with a giant advertisement for a new Warner Brothers theme park land based on the Looney Toons, because that's all that Warner Brothers want out of this. The end. <laughs> Cool, there you go. <laughs> so we know the message from Warner Brothers, um, <laughs> but, but what is your main message to the young people watching? Uh, that sportsmanship is important and tough love can work, but as long as you care for each other underneath, people will respect that. And it should be respected. Okay, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, right. Uh, three very interesting pitches to, while similar, very different in their own distinct paths. Um, I'm going to take off the fourth quarter and have a water break and just sit back and listen, <laughs> basically. Uh, in the meantime, I'm inviting you all to tell me why your movie should be chosen and dunk on all those other pitches, baby. The boots are laced, the gloves are off, and the court is yours. Take it away. You should pick mine because mine is a good old classic basketball uh rematch with uh with a with a with a returning villain because uh, who doesn't like a returning villain and I've introduced some young blood in it um yeah so that's why I should pick mine 
I mean, you should pick mine for all the exact same reasons. Yeah, mine and, Drew's, mine and Drew's are um. kind of the same, really-ish. <laughs> uh, Except I, I would point out Ross's, I felt like, where Ross had said in the pitch, and of course the Toons win in the end. Like, where's the jeopardy? Uh, you like, know, well, they, they show they, up and of course they win. Brilliant, well, fantastic. The, you know, I didn't, I didn't specifically say everything that happens in them. You know, the, at the end of the day they win, but there's okay. something that may happen that would yeah. maybe, you know, they go, make me Michael Jordan. <laughs> For the writers. Yeah, exactly. It is, I feel like it's very much like short round and Indiana Jones in Temple of Doom where he's, uh, you know, been manipulated by uh, Kalima and he's like Indy I love you and then whips him it's gonna be like that with, with his kids uh, and they're like dad I love you and then they're like they slam dunk on his head and some something I don't know um, Andy's is is a it's it's good it's a good idea I like Andy's but again I feel that the sequel Surely needs to involve basketball. I mean, I, I, I would like to elaborate on that. The term jam is specifically a basketball reference. So, if this was space, space, space rock slam. bottom, no, space, <laughs> space slam, yeah, that would that would work. But, but you just is... gave him the idea to change <laughs> his pitch now. No, but he's done it already. No, that's it's true. Fine. Yeah. He's submitted right. his work. It's yeah. already in. He can't change exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I like, yeah, I just, I feel that Andy's is more of a reboot than a, uh, than a sequel, if that makes sense. Mm. I like it. I think it's a good idea to have The Rock in it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, a wrestling match. I don't know. Obviously, I, you're talking I, to a wrestling fan, so, I, you know. With with Andy's, I I I I just got myself caught up on like okay, so all right, Mince Mince breaks out of prison and then is like, I'm gonna fight you all, and if you lose, you all have to leave. But it's like what him and two goons, and why don't yeah, like what 10, what 10 what leverage? Okay, ten goons. There's fucking like fifty <laughs> tunes. Like why? What leverage does he have to stop Bugs Bunny being like eh, no guy? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's you can say that about the first film, like the first film. You can say that about all our pitches. Yeah, Basically, I mean, the movie needs yeah, to yeah, happen. That's, that's so, entirely fair. That is true. I like the <laughs> quickly the the director. Apparently, one of the Looney Tune episodes, yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like Space Jam because he was like Bugs Bunny would wouldn't need to recruit anyone. He would he does this every episode. He gets rid of like threats like this. So he wouldn't need yeah. anyone. He would. So like I say, we just need the story to happen, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for in my own defense, because I haven't actually said why I think you should choose mine, Matt. I think it's because I've I've accommodated for the kind of subversive wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the audience that hopefully adults would enjoy more that the first one I felt like missed out on a bit but also hopefully retroactively make the first one a little more watchable by pointing out all of the stuff that was silly and allowing for silliness through character rather than silliness through crap yeah, but Drew's, Drew's, could, Drew's, say, Drew's, I... Drew's has got rubbish finish it's like oh they drop their hand yeah oh god no no they do win what are yeah, you talking about they, they, they don't, don't they, win they don't, they don't like win though they 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 win because the other strength of character basically. wins round the baddies like yeah. that is 
that is way more classic children's movie fare than, hey, look, Michael Jordan, who's already the best basketball player in the world, can now make his arm stretch in this one place in the universe. Whoa! <laughs> uh, um, God, I've got Andy. Michael B. Jordan. I've got Michael B. Jordan and, and Zazie as well. And Zazie Beats. And I bring Bill Murray into it as well. Uh, so I've got Bill Murray in mine as well. A little cameo from him. I don't want him to ha- have the whole film because I feel that he probably can't be bothered. But yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah I do feel like he'd show up for a cameo. Yeah, yeah. He'd show up for a thumbs up. It's, from it's the, not from filmed the anywhere warm and he can lie on the beach yeah. for a drink. So I did, he I wouldn't was be g- there for more than a day. I was going to be like, oh, and then the whole, uh, if I did a, a third one, I'd be like, oh, and then everyone's found Toontown and it becomes a tourist destination. And yeah, and then they turn it into a theme park like uh, Drew's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's going to be like Jurassic World. <laughs> you you uh, two have basically just brought the same pitch, just Russ yeah, spread really it have. over two movies mm. and you've done it in one. <laughs> cool, Andy, come yeah. on, let's, let's hear what you've got okay, to say so, for yourself. Yeah, I say, one of my problems is Ross and Drew's are so similar because I think they're so similar to the first. They didn't, like, you could have had Slackhammer's, like, kid, you know, with all this vengeance and want to take revenge on the Looney Tunes that way. Uh, Ross stealing Tanit, talent, stealing Tanit again is just very similar to the first. I think the story is a bit everywhere. You haven't got much of a message, which I think was like the one question Matt had. Um, Drew, I'm just worrying. Yeah, again, very similar, but I'm just worrying how loony his loony tunes will be if Michael's trying to teach them to be serious, and then if they're playing the game and they're trying to they're trying to like you know uh, impress Michael, then are they playing seriously? So uh, yeah. Um, just how much how much loony or how loony are these loony tunes mine uh i've got a good light human story say so the moral my message is very it's not heavy-handed because it's a kid's film uh the wrestling format shows i think is a good uh it's better than basketball as it's prime for the loony tunes i say we can go for tables and get hit with chairs it's it's, it's made for it um yeah i say it's a, it is a yeah, i would say it's a sequel um to say the the new one isn't technically uh, it's some people said the new one's a reboot but it's actually being advertised as a sequel so this is a is a sequel it's got the rock in everyone loves the rock um yeah the same format of a celebrity taking t- getting taken against their will to help the tunes defeat a space threat that's that's the uh that's what the sequel's about it's not necessarily losing the same people or basketball or anything like that what i want to do is start a franchise let's get let's get every uh i'm trying to think of a, who's a who's like a a personality in like every sport that could basically, like I say, Warner Brothers have got a Tiger money Woods. machine. Maybe, well, child, child friendly. Yeah, child friendly <laughs> Tiger Woods. Um, uh, but yeah, like I say with this, you could you could totally have a franchise with every person of a sport or anyone, anything like that, and it's basically the same story. See, so that's it's, it's printing money, printing money basically. So that's what I, that's what I want to do. Start a franchise with this rock. Uh, yeah. See, what we're doing, listeners, is every week we're just going to introduce The Rock so that he eventually has to tweet us or retweet us because we're just going to annoy him. Because we're just going to tag him in every tweet that we do an episode. Like, hey, Rock, you should listen to our bitch. And he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right, fine, The day you know we've made it will be the day that we all sit and take a shot of his tequila with him on a live stream. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, that'll yeah. be it. I mean, we yeah. can put our lives <laughs> aside. Then we've completed it. <laughs> so. I reckon I I would class myself as, ha- as having made it if he liked one of our. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. No, no, no. Let's let's work up towards something. Career goals. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, I've taken everything that you said on board, uh, and I have made my decision. But of course, I'll go around and give you uh, my final thoughts on all of your movies. Um, Ross, I liked very much that you brought Swakama back, um, keeping the focus on it. Uh, I like that there's a family journey that you've introduced the kids back. You know, it was some style of casting as well. Um, the whole idea of don't follow your, foot, your father's footsteps, be yourself. Great message to the kids. However, I don't really, yeah, I must admit, I kind of felt like it was a bit uh, kind of subversive in the in the dialogue. It's something that you guys didn't know my question beforehand, uh, but something very much I kind of found. Um, I feel like that the basketball seems to come in quite late in the movie and therefore isn't that the sporting side of it doesn't really play as significant a part in the movie. Um, but then, yeah, very much still enjoy that it's crazy we've got round two of the uh the new monsters and what have you so great and nice little message at the end with the whole uh, speech and then rubbing him out andy yeah <laughs> another uh another great message behind you know growing up doesn't need to be boring uh never you know kind of enjoy adult life and whatnot and probably a message more for the adults than the young kids i would say um there's a couple of bits worth noting. There is no space and there is no jam, as Drew's kind of pointed out. However, if this is a franchise, I, that, I may be was... slightly more open to uh, it. <laughs> a, a jam is a forceful dunk. That's one of the bits. Usually, they'll hang off the rim afterwards, and it's quite a, it's quite an aggressive, quite a posturing approach to dunking. Um, you know, as as a wrestling fan, you, you definitely get some props for bringing The Rock and wrestling into it as well. Is it a sequel? Hmm. You know, I think that is, a, that is a conversation to be had because we don't have either the same antagonist. We have the same Looney Tunes, but, you know, it's not Looney Tunes, the movie. That's all I'd maybe think about that. However, um, Drew, <laughs> well, no, 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 there's, there's a lot of going for it. It's a really fun story. It's very it's not crazy. It's Looney Tunes movie. Well, no, it's oh, called okay. Space Jam, not Looney Tunes the movie is what I'm saying. If it was that, oh, then you're free okay. to do whatever sequel you want. Do you get what I mean? Right. I was going to say, I had to choose between the Looney Tunes or Michael Jordan. Uh, to bring one into the sequel, I know who I'm bringing. So. I don't mind that. I don't mind. What I mean is, you know, Space Jam is a very specific movie about, you know, the basketball side. That was all I was saying. Um, that yeah, 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 the yeah. sequel may be slightly less obvious than the other two. Uh, Drew, again, you brought Swakama back. Great. Right? Um, again, he's got his evil plans and he's got his evil doers and his little henchmen. Um, very kind of reflective of the first. Uh, my my biggest thought with yours is the fact that there's no cheating allowed and Andy brought it up in his points. Would it be boring without the loony side of the Looney Tunes? Is Coach Carter boring? I don't particularly if like that film. I must admit. Yeah. Just throwing it out if, there, if, I'm not a big fan of if Coach they've Carter. Been, if they've been allowed to be <laughs> yeah. mo to be loony up... To sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted. Sorry, <laughs> no, sorry, 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 It's fine. I mean, you, you're Carter's now known as adults. the new Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Carter's not a Looney Tunes film. That's why it's not Looney. <laughs> yeah, it's got Samuel Jackson in it. I God, explained plenty, plenty of moments where looniness could ensue. But it didn't <laughs> happen on the court, which is what I'd hope would still be the focus of the movie. Um, however, okay. did enjoy the whole idea of, you know, sportsmanship, teamwork, 
driving towards the same goals and overcoming your evil boss again. I love that bit. So um, <laughs> the whole corporate agenda with the Warner Brothers theme park at the end, I get why you've done it. You're definitely going to get the producers on side. You might lose some fans in the old faithful from the film world for doing it there. <laughs> so there you go. I'm a big fan. I've enjoyed all three pictures. Thank you very much, gentlemen. However, there can only be one winner. And this winner this week has raised some eyebrows, dropped the elbow, and won it purely, actually, because of the debate bit, because you essentially helped him to sort out if it was going to be a sequel, we'd call it Space Slam. But actually, then he went he on to talk about... he didn't do that. Well, no, he but he talked about... His work. You all get chance to add to your work and your extra talk as well. You all oh, get the yeah, same right. chance. And he oh, talks right. about a franchise, and I am absolutely sold on the idea of just constantly churning out every five years another oh, Space Jam movie and a new sport. Yeah. We'll have the football one with <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Imagine David Beckham with the And then we'll have it's the tennis one jam. with Roger Federer would, and yeah. Novak Djokovic. I would pay, and Andy I would pay good money yeah. to watch David Beckham. David Beckham in there. <laughs> David Beckham, the yes. <laughs> He'd yeah. cameo in not... it. He'd cameo in it. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone slightly more this recently retired relevant. But there you go. Gentlemen, all be proud. I very much enjoyed all three pitches for a movie we didn't necessarily all enjoy. So thank you for bringing some fun to it. Andy, over to you, sir. Whee! Well done. What are we watching next time? We are going to be watching the post-2000 family comedy uh, Step Brothers with Will Farrell and um, uh, the other guy. Michael Johnny, the other guy. The other guy. Oh my goodness me. Ouch. Oh. John C. Riley. That's it. John C. Riley. I, was, I had his oh. fucking head in uh, his face. Such in my disrespect. <laughs> and the other head. guy. Oh, John C. Riley. Guy. We're so sorry. <laughs> I actually love your work. <laughs> cool so there you have it everybody thank you ever so much for listening once again thank you to all my three pictures today there were some fantastic ideas uh drew toynby sign off for me good sir goodbye everyone thanks for listening ross harmston over to you goodbye our winner andy henry Wrestling, Mark Kelly. wrestling Puff slam, Mark wrestling Kelly. slam, <laughs> wrestling slam. Like I said, Puff Mark Kelly, this, uh, this soundtrack wasn't too bad. <laughs> there you go. You did it here first. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm signing off. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Did I pick the right sequel? Was that your favourite? Let us know. You'll find us at Sequel Pitch on all social media platforms. Join us in two weeks' time as Andy Henry hosts and we pitch Step Brothers. Bye.